Welcome back to the Peaked Too Early podcast. This is season four, episode 17 of the pod. It took a little bit of massaging, but Craig finally decided to show up for work today. Um, I'm Craig. I am joined by the ever lovely Oscar Saywell. Oscar, how are you doing? Hello, I'm good. Uh, Craig was, uh, he was stuck on the commute because of the snow, I think. Um, it was something like that, ah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it Spicy. reminds me of it reminds me of like what early days. We had a stretch of time back in like season one or two, where Craig was useless constantly, and we would spend half the time trying to get him to, you know, show up. Um, yeah, where Craig would leave in the middle of a recording and not yeah, tell us exactly. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I scored a cool four goals last night. Oh my um, god. You are and, so prolific. Yeah, I'm in a pretty incredible stretch of form, including I had a, because uh, we play indoors, I had a distance shot off the wall that I then got on the volley uh, with my left foot, which was very nice. Very um, nice. And other than that, I think my three other goals were tap-ins. So Very nice. Um, well, Give me, give yeah, me some yeah. of that goal-scoring form for my match tomorrow, please. Yeah, best of luck. Thank you. Um, yeah, and then I also have a new league starting soon, which will be really nice. Very um, exciting. Playing outdoors and playing locally, um, which is you know, better than the 20-minute drive I have to do. Um, okay, Oscar, we are pressed for time, and we also conveniently only have a few things to talk about. So It's true. This is... A part two of our state of the pod from last week. Yeah. Um, which is very nice. Um, and I think it's, you know, only apt to start with the biggest news that come out came out in the last week, uh, which is that Everton has been found responsible once again for breaking yeah. uh, profit and sustainability rules. Um, their last... Uh, judgment was only through the 2022-2023 season, and then this charge is for the 2023 season as well. So basically, yeah, from August of 2022 until today, they have yeah. been found not to have fixed their yeah, uh, or to have continued breaking the rules. And then the addendum on this is that uh, Forest also has yeah been punished. Um, now there's a little bit of controversy but in terms of like public opinion not really in terms of the law on the everton side of things where right. a, a lot of the public feeling is like oh this is double jeopardy you know everton are getting punished for the same crime twice um, yeah but it's not the same crime well it, so it is the same crime but not the same exact specific crime you know if you get if you murder someone and then three years later, you murder another person. You'll you will be charged for two yeah, murders. Very true. Uh, it's not like you can say, "Well, I've already been found guilty for one murder." Um, so yeah. you know, I, I think it's pretty cut and dry that they'll probably get a a couple more points deducted. I would have to assume, though, it's going to be like one or two. Um, Everton, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, yeah, just for Everton. They're already appealing, aren't they? Their first one, and that, and the the noise is that they're pretty confident that they can get that reduced, not completely overturned, but reduced. So, 
yeah, maybe they'll sort of end up, it'll end up balancing out uh, to the original deduction. Um, I think the interesting twist on this is that both of these clubs have admitted guilt. They, they admit that they broke the law, but their beef is with the law itself. And they say that, right, so they point to, so the big, the big issue is the fact that they, they, they didn't generate enough revenue to come under the FFP stuff. And both of them are pointing to sales that they've made and saying, look, we did the best we could. In Forrest's case, it all revolves around the sale of Brennan Johnson to Tottenham. And they sold Brennan Johnson to Tottenham a couple of weeks after the deadline, but for 10 or 12 million more pounds than they could have got or would have got before the deadline. So their argument, Forrest's argument, is like, well, you know, surely it's better for not only us, but also for the FFP rules if we sell Brennan Johnson for more money a couple of weeks after this deadline that you've made up. So it is interesting. I think there's a twist on, on, on this where, you know, the, the fact that they've admitted the guilt. But, you know, it is an independent regulator that has recommended these charges. So I'm not sure they'll get away with much. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think on the Everton side of things, we might see, you know, the appeal gets them two points off and then the yeah. uh, this another back. one gets two points back on and yeah, you know, yeah. they just end yeah. up on the minus nine. Um, for Forest, yeah, I think it'll be in the two to four point deduction range. Um, but I think the thing that will really go against Forrest's case against the rules is that Wolves were in the same position. Um, and, you know, they sold a lot more than they were willing to because they knew they, knew they needed to get under that threshold. Um, yeah. And so the Premier League is going to say, well, like, why didn't you just do you know, why didn't you just do what Wolves did? Uh, and it's certainly not like uh, Forrest don't have assets that they can sell. Um, right. You know. No, no, exactly. I mean, I think, I think my, my big problem with Forrest is that they, they've bought 40, 4-0, 40 players since coming up from the championship. What is it, 18 months ago now? I think my big problem with that is that we know that there's a huge gap between being a stable Premier League club and one that flirts with relegation. And, you know, money is a big part of it. But they didn't... I mean, I think the bottom line is they just simply didn't have to buy that many players. Like, they just didn't. Luton have come up and haven't done it, and they're doing okay. Fulham came up and didn't... They, they did it but not to the extent that Forrest did it. Bournemouth came up, didn't do it. Wolves came up, uh, didn't do it. You know, Brighton didn't run on that model. Neither did Brentford. So there are ways that they didn't have to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think they've sort of shot themselves in the foot here, to be honest. But Right. And, you know, <clears throat> uh, profit and sustainability and FFP run on three-year windows, specifically so that clubs can account for number of purchases and number of sales right um you know the 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 huge window is so that you don't have to rely on one big sale to fund everything that you want right. to do 
Um, yeah. So I think the matter of, you know, being what 10 weeks late on a sale that gets you under the uh, amount, you know, if yeah. you brought that up in court during an appeal, they would just say, well, you know, why didn't you just do something else in the three years, you know, before that date? Yeah. And I mean, look, FFP has been, or the F, you know, the body that runs FFP, whatever, has been roundly criticized for years. I think rightly so. But I think it is interesting that they're getting results now. Slash, we see that across the rest of the league, uh, especially with Newcastle, because Newcastle's owners seem pretty terrified of breaking those rules, right? This is why they say, you know, ostensibly they're the richest club in the world because of who owns them, but they can't bring people in. Maybe a couple of loans this January window. They are looking to probably sell a big asset in Bruno Gimaraish at some point to release more funds. Very much playing within the rules. FFP doesn't seem to be the laughingstock that it was five or six years ago anymore. Right. Um, yeah, and you say that, but uh, this brings around clubs like Chelsea where mm. the owners have admitted faulting on FFP. Yeah. Uh, and they still haven't been punished, you know, whereas Everton and Forest admit and then do get punished pretty automatically. Um, and then the city is a different case, but, uh, you know, I do think there's a little bit of funny business um, going on in terms of who gets punished with FFP and who doesn't. Yeah. Um, I think no matter what, it just makes it look like a bit of a farce in the end. Um, like, I don't understand how Chelsea can admit breaking FFP rules and, or like admit, you know, our old owners broke the FFP rules. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, away with it, but Chelsea did get punished for breaking those rules with a transfer ban. And this is part of the problem. Right. This is a different, a different right. rule breaking. Right. I mean, this is part of the problem with a, with a, with a, you know, with a regulator that has a blank, a, a blank canvas. They, they literally, there is no rule capping what they can do in terms of punishment. And so therefore that bleeds into who they decide to punish. And I think it, you know, that there needs to be more oversight, it seems, on the process for punishment. Um, yeah, I, I think it, you know, there's so much uproar right now, especially from Everton fans about Man City. Um, and I get the frustration, but I think we have to remember, I think we have to, there's two things at play at once. It is completely different. Um, and also, Man City have employed like an army of the best lawyers in the world to muddy the process, which sucks and is corrupt, but. You know, it's not as black and white as, oh, did Man City break this specific law, yes or no? And that's the case with Everton and Forest right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we were supposed to already know the punishment for Everton and Forest. It was supposed yeah. to come out Monday. And, of course, it didn't. Yep. Um, so I guess we will see. We'll try to have one more podcast in January, and hopefully we know 
by then what exactly the punishment is and how outraged slash uh fine with it we should be. we should be yeah true um moving on to the next big point of last week's news uh is Jaden sancho returning to Borussia uh, dortmund mr sancho uh, and getting assist on his debut for his good friend marco royce uh yeah and playing really well um, yeah looked sharp it looked very sharp which it surprised me a lot yeah some absolute filthiness by him um yeah. if you saw some of his skill moves in this game um but i wanted you to take a step back and tell me a little bit about Jaden sancho's time in the premier league his legacy you know is his career salvageable at that top top level is Manchester United just a poisoned chalice, et cetera, et cetera? Manchester United under Ten Hag is like extra poison for a player like Sancho. Um, you know, he's been dogged ever since he was like 15 with accusations that his attitude isn't right, <laughs> specifically with regards to uh, commitment away from the pitch. Right, so turning up to training late, turning up to preseason tours late, not really caring about meetings, so on and so forth. I think it's fairly interesting that throughout that, there's not necessarily accusations that he's like a dick. I suppose, like you don't hear that he's like, I don't know, callous or cruel or a bully or this kind of stuff. I think it was very interesting that the director of football at Borussia Dortmund said, we've never had problems with Sancho's attitude. We know for a fact that he gets a lot of, he got a lot of concessions at Borussia Dortmund. They don't really care if he shows up late for things uh, because he performs on the pitch. So they give him that kind of leeway. You know, we've said it before with Ten Hag. He is sort of universal in his treatment of players and uncompromising. And I don't think that really works in modern day football because you've got big personalities uh, who have been, you know, uplifted from an early age, like Jaden Sancho. And if Jaden Sancho doesn't respond to that kind of discipline, then yeah, you're going to lose an asset. Um, as for you know him returning to the top level, yeah, it's it's easy to forget after these disastrous years at United, that he was the biggest prospect alongside, like, Vinicius Jr. of his age group, uh, you know, when he was breaking through. And I think that Borussia Dortmund can be the place where he finds that form again. Um, I don't know if he'll ever regain that spark of, like, oh, my God, this guy could be anything because we've seen him be nothing, right? Uh, literally, like, not playing in, the, in these last six months. I think Sancho is a player who needs to not be in the Premier League. Uh, I'm not saying it's because he's not skillful enough or doesn't have the physicality to be there, but I think the scrutiny of English media is, is you know, something that he can't deal with uh, sort of passively because of his personality. And they'll sort of hound him for doing these things, like not showing up for training, etc. Um, I'd like to see him have his career outside of the Premier League, outside of England. Uh, 
and yeah, look, I don't think his England career is going to be much either, to be honest. Um, but, you know, uh, given the right set of circumstances, environment, yeah, I think he can find his way back. Well, I mean, what do you, what do you see his future being? Do you think he'll return to United? I honestly think he will return to United, and I think it will go poorly again. Um, wow. Just, you know, he, you know, like every player is like super, you know, self-conceited um, and thinks that they're the best player ever. So, you know, J- you have to be to make it at this level, right? So Jaden Sancho will, you know, especially if he has a good six months at Dortmund, he will return to Manchester United and be like, well, you know, I can crack it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And who knows, under a different manager. I think he he could, yeah. But yeah, um, I do get that feeling, especially, yeah, it's so rare for a player in the Premier League who is not like super into showing up to training every day um, to end up making it at the top, top level. It's like only um, Hazard, like, right? Like, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I you know, there's way more instances of players who don't really give a shit about training not succeeding than there is them succeeding. Um, so, you know, I see him as being like a, um, like honestly, you know, like a Real Madrid backup winger. I think is the perfect situation for him where he can, you know, not be super sharp, not be super on it. Um, but, you know, be like one of these, you know, Asensios or, you know, the countless wingers yeah. that Madrid have had over the last 10 years. Um, who just, they don't have great stats, but you know, they get you goals and assists every once in a while. Yeah. Um, because they're surrounded by like absolute filth. Um, yeah. And, so yeah, like that, or you know, like Barcelona, like you know, I'm sure Manchester United will be wanting to get rid of him, um, and you know, Barcelona would love to take him on a cut price fee. You know, there you go. Yeah. Although that being said, there's always someone stupid enough to take another chance on a, you know, a player who has told everyone exactly who he is. So, um, yeah, I I think. His career in England should be done, which it sounds like a bit of a melodramatic over dramatization of the situation. But, um, you know, if you can't crack it, you can't crack it. Um, but I do think there's certainly going to be enough teams that are dumb enough that would be willing to take him on a second chance. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I think those are good points. Yeah, very fair. Um, yeah, and you know, honestly, why wouldn't you just want to stay at Dortmund for the? Well, that's what I, you know, like I. Obviously, I'm not. Neither of us are like you know have have ever really had the opportunity to be actual professional athletes, like even when we were kids, right? So that mentality we can't really relate to. But I always fancy myself as. You know, when I dream, when I when I daydream about it, I think being sort of a one club player or a two club player for a team like Borussia Dortmund, it, it seems like the dream to me. It really does because all the 
noise that you have around transfers or playing in super scrutinized, internationally scrutinized leagues. And the Bundesliga and, uh, and a historic, beautiful club like Borussia Dortmund seems like the, the pinnacle for me. But, you know, uh, I don't know, to each their own. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to be somewhere that, where they love you? I'm, I'm um, sure Saudi will be fiending for someone like Sancho. Surely, like they will be definitely trying to get him to come. Yeah, well, that's a great pivot uh, to talk Ooh. about English players going abroad to Saudi. To uh-huh. talk about one Jordan Henderson, uh, Jordan Henderson, Scouse bastard that he is. Uh, supposedly, well, I guess more than supposedly, yeah. uh, definitively wants out. Uh, well, he's gone. He's done. It's it's complete. Okay, it's officially done. Yeah, it's officially done. Wow, this is like breaking news as the podcast. Is I, pa- I mean, like it's officially Fabrizio Romano done, which means essentially, so bar a miracle, it's you know, it's done. Um, yeah, the whole saga is pretty funny, and I think that's the best way to recap yeah. the news is to, you know, just talk about how this whole spiel went down. Um. You know, six months ago, not even, he's Liverpool's captain. He's a outspoken hero for the queer community. Yeah. Um, he's a Rainbow Laces uh, yeah. rep. Um, you know, he's, you know, pretty much top to down a good guy. Um, you know, unless you're homophobic, you like him. Uh, yeah. Or if you're a Newcastle supporter, yeah. maybe you hate him because he's Scouse, but. Either way, you can he's still Mac-um. respect his office. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. No he's a Scouse Macum. You can't even uh, say it. Well, well, he was born yeah. in Sunderland, no? Yes, he is. But then yeah. he's like a adopted Scouse. Yeah. Um, sorry, Scouse and Macum, two equally horrific oh. <laughs> uh, cities to be from. Um, equal insults in my mind. Sure. Um, he then gets this uh potential move to join steven gerrard at i don't even know el etifak Etifak, um which is one of the newer teams in the saudi league they are um i think they've only been in the top level for a few years um they're from like they're not from Riyadh. they're from some other city i think Um, yeah and they're from uh damam his justification is that he can you know, promote global sport and also promote LGBTQ issues around the yeah. world um, was basically his little PR spin. Um, however, uh, he has quickly found out that playing in front of 400 fans is not you yeah, know, the greatest not experience. Ideal. Uh, and then also came out this past week is that he took a deferred payment as to avoid UK taxes. Yeah. Um, so he has not even been paid for his time there so far Th- that we know of. Officially, he has not been paid. I'm sure he's gotten tons of under the under the table payments. Um, so. This means because he hasn't been paid, uh, Aletifak can essentially get out of this by terminating his contract 
They won't have paid a transfer fee. They won't have paid any of his wages so far. Wow. And really? they can just ship him off That's with basically, you know, clean hands. Um, which brings up uh, his, is he officially to Ajax? Is yes. that the club? Okay. So now he signs for struggling Ajax, a clown of a club uh, <laughs> in the past 16 months. Um, so basically we get this player who uh, pretty much tarnished his career for zero dollars. I know. Um, and Hilarious. now, yeah, now we'll be the old head at Ajax, a club where Englishmen have not always been so successful. That's true. Um, Linking up with Chewback, Pom. Yeah, super interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, thoughts on the whole Jordan Henderson situation? Um, you know, uh, uh, you you always hated him because because of the Sunderland link. Fair enough, and the Liverpool link. I you know beforehand, I I, I I've said on this podcast before how disappointed I am, sort of in Jordan Henderson. Um, I really appreciated how outspoken he was. This felt like a slap in the face. Um, so when I saw this move and I saw that it was sort of confirmed, he's going to sign an 18-month contract until 2026. Um, and he's, is that even 18 months? That's more than that, right? How, how long is that? That Yeah, that's... Oh, yeah. It's two, so he's going to sign until 2026. It's a long, sort of a long time for a 33-year-old. Um, when I saw it, I was like, okay, literally six, seven months ago, I would have loved this move. I'd have been like, this is awesome. You know, like Liverpool captain moves to Ajax, like, it's, you know, historic club. I know they've been a little a bit clownish, but Eredivisie, lovely life in Amsterdam, this kind of thing. It just would have been cool. Now it just, ah, I don't even know. I mean, it's like you said, he's, he's, he ruined his career for zero dollars. It's just insane. Um, I am actually hopeful that this, you know, there's lots of rumors that lots of players in Saudi want out. Roberto Firmino is one of them. Karim Benzema is having a bad time. Apparently he wants to leave. Jordan Henderson has left. Um, I, I want this to be the beginning of a whole host of players turning their backs on Saudi because, you know, obviously we, we want the sports washing to go away. Um, but, you know, I think it just underlines how embarrassing this whole thing is. I hate that Henderson tried to dress it up with, you know, I will make changes from within. It's horrible. And uh, yeah, I just, I think it, it, it's probably set, it's set the, you know, it's set LGBTQ plus footballers in, England back um you know a few years probably because they'll have looked to Jordan Henderson as a true ally and it seemed like he was one and now I think that gay footballers across the country will be thinking well we don't believe anybody if we if we couldn't believe Henderson with all the stuff he was doing the 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 videos he was making with club media the the independent st statements he was putting out the 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 donations he was making the the organizations he was working with if we if that was all fake 
and all the some PR elaborate PR move that he would abandon for you know a check, then you know who can we trust? So I don't think Henderson realizes the the gravity of his decision, um, and yeah, I he's ruined his career. Uh, it's it's very very bizarre, um, and he shouldn't be anywhere near the England plane. Uh, Feed the Euros. I'm sure he will be, but he shouldn't be. And that's that's what I have to say on it, I guess. Yeah, very fair. Very well spoken. I would say, yeah, he probably already uh, has uh, upgraded his flight to first class I'm on sure. the England plane. I'm sure. Um, okay, yeah. Um, thank you for that. Uh, just a few more points on today's little, uh, you know, in-betweener pod. Yeah. Um, we have a... Uh, public congratulations for Oscar Saywell for calling the Sergio Regalon signing to Brentford. Um, I don't. I'm pretty sure you said it on the pod, but if I I think I did, I I I definitely I definitely said I I would like to see him at West Ham, but I'm pretty sure I said on the pod too. Yeah, Yeah. to Brentford. I think we yeah yeah yeah. Um, officially signing for Brentford on loan um, makes a ton of sense. Um, oh yeah and, definitely you know left back right back fits the brentford system all you really need yeah um moving on quickly um eric dyer to Bayern munich three million pounds um yeah interesting to say the least um yeah a sensational move for him yeah yeah i will start by saying this is really weird for spurs because spurs Literally, are you know they're blaming their entire season so far on injuries to defenders, and then you go and you know let your you you sell your Swiss Army knife defender that you have. Yeah, um, it's just a weird decision to me. You know, I don't hate it. Maybe this facilitated the uh, Romanian guys' move. Like you know, it could only happen if they sold because of FFP. Yeah. Um. But um, they did it, and uh, Harry Kane is the happiest man in uh, Munich right now. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, rivaled by Eric Dyer himself, because, my God, like, what a move. Um, yeah, uh, I, think, I think a big part of this will be that Harry Kane has recommended him. Um, Thomas Tuchel has apparently been a fan for a long time. Eric Dyer, I think people forget that, you know, Eric Dyer can do a job. Uh, he's pretty smart. Um, you know, I think it sounds a bit trite, but he grew up in Portugal. And so he's not afraid of different cultures. And frankly, I think that's kind of a big deal with regards to sort of blending in um, and ingratiating into, into a new environment. And what's most interesting about this is that I think Matthias Licht is injured quite badly, and so is Upamecano. So he's going to play. Um, and yeah, it's going to be really interesting uh, uh, to see what he does in these next six months as Bayern try and win a title um, because Leverkusen is still there and chugging along. Do you know how long he's signed for by any chance? Because I can't uh... find that information. No, but I can, I can look it up pretty quickly. 
Oh, it's only a six-month contract with the option for a one-year extension. So it gives it gives Daily Blint vibes, right? Daily Blint signed for them last season on a short-term contract. He was a bit part player, uh, and now you know now he's at Girona. He's killing it, um, and he plays all the time. And you know it's kind of awesome. But uh, he was there, you know, at Bayern and and not sort of doing much. So it'd be interesting to see if if Dyer actually you know warrants. Uh, an extended contract but i you know i think he he could sort of swan around europe and move clubs a few times in the last five years of his career wouldn't be too bad doesn't have does he have much to prove i don't think so 300 odd appearances for tottenham in about 10 years to me he has a lot to prove sure surely sure. to the your average fan yeah yeah it's like you know he's had it i mean prove to himself i don't know prove to himself he's had a great career this is a sensational move. If it doesn't really work out, eh, you know. I will say, if it doesn't work out, you know, twelve million for a six-month deal. No, it's four. It's Bayern. like no, it's it's three million. A transfer fee up to three million. Oh, really? It's it's nothing. It's nothing. Really, nothing. Uh oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Um. Yeah, sorry. I'm I'm looking at uh, market value, not transfer fee paid. Oh yeah, and, I see um, what you mean. But yeah, okay. I mean, isn't I think he's I think he's single, right? Like I, he doesn't have a, you know, a family to, to have to worry about moving around and stuff. Like, you know, not bad, not bad life. Uh, just really quickly. Can, can you tell me why he moved to Sporting when he was eight years old? Wasn't it his parents who got a... exact? No, I can't. Was exact. his father a coach or something, or his mother? A... What? What was it? Yeah, his mother worked for the Euros. Oh, um, so that's awesome. Uh, yeah, super interesting. I mean, cool childhood to fucking grow up in Lisbon, beautiful city. So, yeah. Maybe that's why he's in such good uh, physical shape. Is he was just walking the diet, down the... incredible running up and down the hills. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, weird. and then uh, our final point on today's podcast, unfortunately for me, is uh, the talk of KDB uh, returning to Manchester City. Uh, why did it have to be against Newcastle? Um, Manchester City against Newcastle have the they have the most wins in the Premier League. Like Newcastle is Man City's opponent for which they have the most wins against in the Premier League, that they've mm. scored the most goals against in the Premier League, that they have the most clean sheets against in the Premier League, that they have the longest winning streak in Premier League history against pretty much every bad statistic for Newcastle. Manchester City has it for them. Yeah. Uh, and it just happened that Kevin De Bruyne returns for Newcastle's match against City. Um, and yeah, was pretty incredible in his 28 minutes. He clawed the game back for Manchester City, um, who yeah. were losing when he came on. So it sucks. Kevin De Bruyne, unbelievably, unshockingly, is you know, probably the best midfielder in the world. Yeah. Um, sickens me it really really hurts me but 
you have to admit it. So, yeah, I think so. Um, he just looks like a guy with a point to prove, um, which is frightening because you know he can do whatever the fuck he wants with a football, um, basically. And his hair, you know, it looks great. I will say. I was going to say that he has the Oscar Sewell hair right now. <laughs> Although Maybe I haven't I, seen you in a bit, so I don't know if you no, still it's, Yeah, no, yeah. it's similar. It's similar. That is what my hair... Uh, let me, yeah, let me like look at him. You, you never quite got to the Jack Grealish levels. No. Uh, dickheadish how, hair. Yeah, dickheadishness. Um, yeah. You kept it, you know, just ahead of the line of dick, dickiness. I appreciate um, that. Right, you and KDB are next to each other. Yeah, pretty similar. Pretty similar. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's hope that uh, you can yeah. be KDB-esque in your return from injury. I hope so. I hope so. It's been a long time out with it. Um, um, yeah, do I you was going just... to... Sorry, go oh, I guess, uh, Generally, do you think KDB is the final piece to the puzzle that will hand City the league? Um, it's a great question. Yeah, probably, probably, but I think they probably would have won it without him as well. So, um, but I think that honestly, the biggest thing, not, well, I mean, obviously he's just a genius, but the biggest thing is that he, he has been on the sidelines watching his teammates play for six months. And so the hunger will be back sharp in him. Right. And so he'll be able to galvanize his teammates who might not obviously they still have that hunger but they're just like because they're human beings and they have won about 50 trophies in the past five years they can't have like the visceral you know right right on the surface want Um, but i think he'll have that and he'll inject that into the team yeah yeah very fair yeah he's an incredible footballer he is um yes just off the top of my head was he a permanent Wolfsburg player, or was he only there? Yes, on I th- think he was. Yeah, I, I just I, I heard on a podcast they just described him as his loan at Wolfsburg. Maybe it was a two-year loan. Hang on a second. No, it, yeah, he was. No, it was permanent. Bremen Werder Bremen, yeah. The Wolfsburg, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So they misspoke. Um, yeah. Ugh. It disgusts me. Yeah. Sensational. Um, yeah. God. Uh, yeah. If you keep me on here too long, I'll just keep making uh, disgusting noises. Disgusted noises at, at his, at his ability to mad. play football. Yeah. Yeah. That's Such okay. We, we, uh, we don't have to remember what he did to you on the weekend. Yeah. I'll try to forget as hard as I can. Yeah. Um, well, Oscar, do you have any final remarks for the pod? No, not really. I'll say I'll save them for our, uh, you know, end of transfer window slash, you know, when we want and can do a pod before the end of January. Yeah, um, hopefully uh, for both Newcastle and West Ham with signings to report on. Um, and yeah. Um, thank you very much for listening to episode 17 of season four of the Peaked Too Early podcast. Yes. Um, thank you, Oscar, for joining me. And thank you, Craig, for holding on. Thank you, Craig. Your issues. Um, 
And please, in the meantime, leave us a review or a rating or email us at thep2ep at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. Yep. Uh, and until next time, take care. Bye. I'm standing.